Welcome. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Good morning, everyone. Welcome and thank you for joining us today. I'm Jill Economo, Director of Community Outreach and host of Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, or MPC as we affectionately call it, is a, it's a show where we highlight people and organizations who are doing great things and making a big impact in our community. We share the mission and the vision of nonprofits in southeastern Wisconsin with the hope that you, our listeners, will be inspired. We hope you'll be inspired by the people we interview and by the stories they share. We want you to learn about various organizations that could potentially resonate with your values, your legacy giving plans, and that'll prompt you to get involved so you too can make a difference in some way. Benevolence and giving can be so contagious, don't you think? I mean, when you hear or see someone doing something to help someone in some way and the joy that it brings both parties, both the giver as well as the receiver, doesn't it just make you want to be a part of it? I mean, I talk to nonprofits all the time about their mission and their purpose and their passion for what they do. And it would be so easy to want to get involved with each and every one. But first of all, that's just not realistic, right? Secondly, in order for the desire to be, uh, to be sustainable, it needs to resonate with my goals, with my purpose, with my passion, my desire to give back. And you can't give what you don't have, right? I always end the show with be a blessing and give a blessing. Well, you can't give a blessing unless you yourself are a blessing in some way. So I strongly believe you need to fill your tank first to overflowing so that what spills out will filter out to those around you. Fill yourself to overflow with love, with joy, peace, grace, empathy, forgiveness, compassion, all great things so that you can then give those things to others. So let's go ahead and dive deeper into this idea of making a difference and community impact and what being an impact player might look like. My guests today are three women of influence or impact players in our community. Joining us is Valerie Vidal, who is the president and CEO of Meta House. Valerie leverages her professional background and personal experiences to lead and support the essential workers within her organization who are providing life-saving services to others. Welcome to the show, Val. Thank you so much for having me. You are welcome. And we also have today sitting around our table, Francesca Micah Wegner. Francesca is the Executive Director of Hispanic Professionals of Greater Milwaukee, where she supports Latino students and professionals in reaching their fullest potential for themselves, their families, and their communities. Through their programming, they serve as a catalyst for transformation and growth. Welcome to the show today, Francesca. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. And finally, last but not least, we have Peggy Williams-Smith, Executive Director of Visit Milwaukee. Uh, Peggy uses her talents to help others enjoy the many wonderful things that make Milwaukee great. So welcome to the show today, Peggy. Thank you very much. You're welcome. So I want to focus today's discussion not only on these specific nonprofits represented, but also to talk about the topic of philanthropy as a whole. Philanthropy, by definition, is quite simply a love for humankind. The purpose of philanthropy is to improve the well-being of humankind by preventing and solving social problems. Now, 
this is different from charity. Charity, on the other hand, focuses on eliminating the suffering caused by social problems. So think about it this way. Think about the proverb, if you feed a hungry man a fish, you feed him for the day. But if you teach him how to fish, you, f you feed him for a lifetime. We're going to take some time to discuss how and why all these ladies have walked this impact player walk, how they've made philanthropy a priority in their lives, and how it has made a difference not only for them individually, but also for others. And I think before we do that, we're going to just take a quick break before we dive in. Uh, but stay tuned because when we return, you're going to hear from these wonderful ladies again individually and their personal stories of impact. So stay tuned and we'll be right back. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back. I'm your host, Jill Economo, and I'm talking today with Valerie Vidal, Executive Director of Meta House, Francesca Micah Wagner, Executive Director of Hispanic Professionals of Greater Milwaukee, and Peggy Williams-Smith, Executive Director of Visit Milwaukee. It's so interesting to hear stories of how people of influence get to where they are and also what motivates them to continue to do what they do. Just the other week, I listened to another news talk radio show called Covering the World in Christ, hosted by Paul Newberger, and his guest, Kevin Sorbo, you may recognize that name, he's Hercules, the Hercules actor, he was ostracized from Hollywood because of his beliefs, and now he kind of refocused and he's doing Christian movies. But he said, and I quote, I'm not here to wake up the sheep. I want to wake up the lions. Now, if anyone has read Lisa Bevere's book, Lioness Arising, you're probably familiar with this idea of waking up the lion within and being a leader, roaring about truth and waking people up with a powerful message. Our message today is about loving on humankind, as we said, through various philanthropic ways to make a difference and bring about lasting change. So let's get to it. Let's hear how these ladies wake up the lions and share their powerful messaging. Val, why don't we start with you? Drug overdose deaths in Milwaukee County have been trending upward for years, from 384 in 2018 to 418 in 2019, a record high of 545 in 2020, and 2021 is shattering that prior 2020 record with at least 560 deaths. Very sad, staggering statistics. Why don't you share what you do and why you continue to be committed to Made a House and how it has allowed you to make a difference. Thanks so much, Jill. So I have the privilege and pleasure of serving as the president of Made a House, which is an organization that provides treatment to women and families who are struggling with substance use. And you spoke to statistics that are happening in our communities, and those aren't just numbers. Those are somebody's mom somebody's daughter, somebody's sister. Yeah. And so the thing that motivates me every day when I go into work is um, my personal connection to addiction and having lost several members of my family to substance use. And in fact, um, unfortunately, two of the people represented in those statistics from last year are, are family members of mine. Oh, my goodness. And I'm so sorry. I know I'm not alone in this room. If I look around at the women at this table, I'm sure 
each of us has had, you know, somebody in our lives, if not directly impacted by substance use, we know someone. So it's it's something that's very personal to me. Um, and I get the p- privilege of serving an organization that helps with solutions so that other families don't have to receive that heartbreaking phone call, that they're never going to see their loved one again. And I am not a clinician, so I can't provide direct clinical services to people who are struggling with substance use. But what I can do is use my professional skills to support the organization and the people who are doing that life-saving work. So where I see my impact and how I, go, I try to approach each day is using the professional skills I have to support the staff that works at Meta House who are really, they're the heroes. Um, I, I get to wake up the lioness and all of them, all of the amazing women that I work with who are, you know, truly warriors on the front lines, particularly during the pandemic. We had to shift the way that we deliver services in such a dramatic way. I and yeah. I mean, you know, our, our services are face to face. We're sitting in rooms where we're in group sessions with with other women who are sharing their stories. And in a pandemic, we couldn't do that. So we had to really rethink how we could be available to our clients and make sure that we were able to get services to them when they needed them. Um, not to mention the fact that we have women who live in our buildings, right? So we we provide residential services that couldn't stop. So how how do we do that in a pandemic? And I had the uh, the, the privilege of seeing my staff, um, the staff that I get to work with, be so creative and so innovative in thinking through solutions to make sure that we were able to be the resource that our clients look to when they're struggling. And I don't think they can do that unless they have a leader that exhibits those qualities herself or himself. You know, we talk about this idea of philanthropy and loving on the humankind and you know, you give kudos to your staff, and that's, um, that's I respect that. But we also understand that they have to look somewhere to be filled, right? Again, you can't give what you don't have. And so if we're surrounding ourselves with people who fill our tank, like it sounds like you do with your staff, they then can go out and fill someone else's tank. And again, it sounds like they do. So you're, you're saying that the pandemic uh, has... Um, uh, just thrown a wrench into this whole thing, you know, with how you typically do business, yeah. Right. I, and it's not just um, how we've been providing services, right? The stress level of people who provide these essential services in hospitals, in treatment settings, it, it's incredibly high in a good day. You know, you throw the pandemic on top of it and stress levels are through the roof. And so we're really looking for ways that we can support our essential workers so that they are not um, turning to unhealthy activities themselves to cope with the stress that they're dealing. So thank you for those kind words. And I I certainly have done my best to try to lead the organization through these tumultuous times. Um, But it can be little things, right? Like you said, giving kudos. Um, This week, we brought all of our um, employees fresh flowers just to kind of brighten their day and, you know, Mm -hmm. have something at their desk that they could look to um, if they're having a tough time. We all know that um, COVID's not over, right? And we are still taking it one day at a time. And so we try to find those little ways where we can really lift up the workers um, who are providing those services to the clients that need us. 
we provided holiday baskets for our employees to share with their families. Nice. Um, you know, because one of the things that we love to do um, before the pandemic is gather as a team and celebrate each other, lean on each other. And we can't safely do that anymore. So we've had to get really creative and nobody wants to have another Zoom meeting. And so, you know, we're really trying <laughs> we're to zoomed out by now, I think. Indeed, completely. <laughs> so we're, you know, we're really trying to think of creative ways that we can give them healthy outlets to make sure that they feel heard about concerns, that they um, feel comfortable coming to work every day, given the increased risk of doing face-to-face services. So however we can, you know, we're, we're really trying to make sure that when, when circumstances are changing, we're keeping them informed. We're, we're trying to stay out ahead of things so they know that the leadership team is keeping their best interests in mind and that we're, we're constantly thinking of ways that we can support them. And, and we actually, you know, one of the most important things, I think, as a leader is making sure that you're listening to the people that you serve because I'm Good a servant. Yeah. Um, and so looking to them to say, you know, here are the things we've thought of. But what haven't we thought of? Mm-hmm. How how do you not feel supported right now? Mm-hmm. For sure, all great things. And I'm sure um, you know we so many people talk about having to pivot during these times. But knowing that you're finding a way to make it work, whether again that's a Zoom call, which again we're all zoomed out by now. But you're 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 figuring it out. You know, which we all have had to do. We've all been in that situation. We're just trying to figure out the best possible way that we can love. On others. Um, Francesca, what about you now? Um, according to the Upward Mobility Study, analysis of data from 2007 to 2017 of MPS graduates shows Hispanic students have enrolled in college at a lower rate as compared to African Americans, Asians, and white students. So we all know that we have to be part of a solution instead of being part of the problem in our communities. So tell us what the Hispanic Professionals of Greater Milwaukee does and how do you effectively make an impact and then share your message with the people that you serve? Thanks, Jill. Well, I'll start by saying that start by saying that our work at HPGM really is about connecting and convening. Our role in the community helps to connect Latinos to meaningful careers that can support their families, um, you know, that helps to remove barriers to education. Really, it comes down to how can we play a part in helping Latinos have a better quality of life, right? So, you know, some other data that went along with that upward mobility study talked about many Hispanics and Latinos being heavily concentrated in low-wage, low-skill careers, right? So that's when you think about those families where maybe mom and dad have to work multiple jobs, maybe education isn't even an option because, you know, folks are just trying to make ends meet, put food on the table. And so those are the circumstances where we are really working not only internally but along with other community partners to ensure that Milwaukee, Wisconsin is a great place for Latinos to thrive and to see that advancement. And you're really building relationships, right? I mean, it's you're there to guide and direct, uh, again, keeping in with this uh, this idea of philanthropy and, and loving on humankind. Relationships is what it's, what it's all about, right? I mean, you've probably seen firsthand how relationships can make a difference, right? 
Absolutely. And, you know, when I think about how I even ended up in this role nine months ago, it really was about uh, my desire to lean into my purpose and my why, which is really, I love helping other people win. Um, For me, that really brings me a lot of joy and, and you know, fulfills my purpose. And I've seen firsthand how differences, how how big of a difference a relationship, an organization, being your cheerleader can make. You know, a lot of times it, it's little things. And I've been really fortunate in my role with HPGM um, to be able to be that for other people. You know, I certainly wouldn't be in this role at 31 without help from others in my life, right? Um, actually, I can I can say thank you to those who started HPGM. Right. Um, You know, for me, being a a transfer student at Marquette my sophomore year, I found the HPGM student chapter. I found belonging. I felt welcomed. And it was kind of the, the start of this beautiful full circle story where then I was able to participate in HPGM programming over the years. And it really did help accelerate my career to the point where now I am 31. I'm an executive director. I'm on the other side of giving, which I love <laughs> to, to say, right? Um, so then I have students and professionals who um, truly are part of our HPGM family and community that now I can give back to. And, you know, you say you like uh, you like to help and you like to help people win. And I think if someone hears that, they might think of a competitive spirit, right? I like to win, you know? But I think it's it's a big, big difference if you say win-win because you are helping them win, which again helps you. It kind of comes full circle. It's that um, back and forth, that relationship, that um uh, that uh, conversation back and forth and that help back and forth. So, yes, you're helping them. They are helping you. It just comes full circle, and it's a win-win through those relationships, which is wonderful. Um, thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing. Uh, all great information on how uh, Valerie and Francesca are making a difference. We've actually got to take a quick break now, but stay tuned because when we return, we're going to hear from Peggy Williams-Smith about how and what she does to make a difference in our community. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back. You're listening to EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo, and I'm talking today with Valerie Vidal from Made a House, Francesca Michael Wagner from Hispanic Professionals of Greater Milwaukee, and Peggy Williams-Smith from Visit Milwaukee. All right, Peggy, it's your turn. Uh, Again, we want to emphasize to people that the work that each of these ladies does through their nonprofits definitely is making a difference in our community, but it's their philanthropic focus, their desire to love on humankind, their personal desire to make a difference and affect change and to be an impact player that helps accomplish their goals. So hello again, Peggy. Um, I just saw you this morning at the Waukesha County Business Alliance uh, Professional Women's Development Seminar that we had where where you were speaking, and I learned a little bit more about you and your role. So uh, hello again. Hello. 
Uh, tourism is the third largest contributor to Wisconsin's economy, and Milwaukee is the largest contributor in the state at 26% of the state's tourism income. So you, you serve a very diverse group of people. Through hospitality and tourism, you're providing economic viability for tens of thousands of people in the greater Milwaukee area. No small task, right? <laughs> right. Uh, so why don't you give us the 411 on Visit Milwaukee and how your hard work and your willingness to serve has made a difference in the community. I think I would start by saying that I grew up in the hospitality business, and we like to say that it's much like servant leadership, much what you said, Valerie. We have the heart of hospitality. It's the heart to give back. I will tell you, I didn't think I gave back at a young age, but I was thinking back and preparing for this. When I was in the second, third, and fourth grade, I don't know if you all remember the Jerry Lewis telethons yes. that used to be on on Labor mm-hmm. Day weekend. We may well, be dating ourselves compared we, we, to I, Francesca <laughs> sitting across the table. And I Valerie. wasn't going to bring that up. <laughs> That's okay. But we, I used to organize a carnival in my front yard that I would oh, wow. put on for hours. And then my parents, after I would raise the money, somewhere between $100 and $200 from neighborhood people, we would go down and we would turn the money in. And I think that was the start of me knowing what it was like to give back and the rush you get from giving back. Mm-hmm. Visit Milwaukee Benefits incredibly from people giving back in our community. Milwaukee ranks fourth in the nation for giving back in terms of volunteerism. That's awesome. Isn't 45% of our residents have volunteered over 57 million hours last year. And Visit Milwaukee has over 1,400 volunteers who provide hospitality on a regular basis to people who are either visiting or live here and are asking questions about what's happening in our city. I think that's interesting to note because we're in a pandemic, people. Mm-hmm. You know, how many times are people like shying away from volunteering or giving of their time, talents, treasure because of this? pandemic. You know, they kind of shy away from it. But those are interesting numbers. They are. I mean, obviously, they're down. If you look at 2017 numbers, they're higher. But it still shows how much Milwaukee gives back. The state is ranked 11th, with Milwaukee being ranked 4th. So I think when you talk about, and I've had the fortune to work for companies that stressed the importance of giving back. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've able to, I've been able to be involved personally with both organizations that we have sitting at the table today, with both Hispanic Professionals of Greater Milwaukee and Made a House. And they both do wonderful things for people in our community. And that's important to my business. I was at a trade show a few weeks ago where I was meeting individually with meeting planners, and I had a meeting planner come up, and she was asking me about our community and how they give back. There are meeting planners who are now looking for how a community treats itself and the people who live there before they choose that place to host their next meeting and convention. And there's times that they even look for something to do while they are here to give back to their community. So it Mm -hmm. makes it even, you know, even though it's always been something that's been important to me, it's something that's important to people who are coming here. So that makes it important to the organization that I represent as well. That is fascinating. Again, you know, we at Ellen Becker do a lot of philanthropic things. Obviously, the radio show is kind of unprecedented for a financial (laughs) firm, Um, but we also have another radio show that that focuses on education. Um, Each employee is given $1,000 on their anniversary to donate to a charity of choice. So Ellen Becker is supporting us in our supporting efforts. 
uh, we're encouraged to go and uh, uh, volunteer our time and we're paid for that. Uh, we do a number of different corporate give back programs on a quarterly basis. And we go out on, on groups like I think the last one we did was Feeding America. We've done Souls for Jesus. We've done different things as an organization. And I find that very interesting that that draws people here. And again, we've how many times have we heard that millennials, that that's what they focus on? They want to work for an organization that has this give back philosophy uh, and how important it is to them. Now, when you were talking this morning at the PWDN, you talked about your dad and your grandfather as being um, great role models for you. So again, I think that that helps us to realize that we're being watched, right? Not only as a corporation, but as individuals and saying, you know, what? how are we impacting the community? Again, which is what this show is talking about. What can we do individually and collectively to make a difference. And I think you all are representative of um, how benevolent our city is. Absolutely. I think when you think of, you know, individuals obviously are the ones who are who are doing this, but there are so many companies in Milwaukee who are so philanthropic and they do pay people to go out and volunteer. I know that when we celebrated Marcus Corporation's 75th anniversary in 2010, I helped to run the year-long campaign, and we vowed to give 75,000 hours in volunteerism back to the community and pay the associates for being able to do that. And we did reach that goal back in 2010. So this is something that's ingrained in the corporate world of of Milwaukee and I think that's important to note too. Yeah and again people maybe maybe kids don't have the opportunity to do it or maybe it wasn't modeled for them at home and then they get exposure to it in their professional life and you just think about how that could have a domino effect right. They go home and they say you know I think about my daughter who uh, was involved in a Feeding America um, uh, volunteer event through the corporation that she works for and she just came back and she was like it was so cool mom you know the different things that that we did and then we all know that that it's such it gives us a buzz like I think you you said Peggy you know it it's it and we certainly don't do it because of that but we know that um again going back to we can't give what we don't have if we are modeling that and our kids our circles of influence see that that gives us such joy, they perhaps will want to do it themselves, right? Jill, I wish I knew the statistic, but at one point uh, when I was doing a presentation about volunteering and mentoring, I was just Googling online, and there are actually health benefits of giving back, so philanthropy. So not only you individually is it going to make you feel good, but actually people that are philanthropic, there are health benefits of doing that. And I think one of the things that's often overlooked is it doesn't have to be, you know, for example, at HPGM right now, we are um, doing a partnership with mentors 
mentor Greater Milwaukee about mentoring opportunities because that's so critical for young people, but especially in the Hispanic community. And I heard folks saying at the info session, like, oh, gosh, I don't know that I have time to be a mentor to someone once a month for a year. But I said, hey, what about a one-day opportunity where you can go teach a workshop at a school or use your professional skills to help introduce a career to a young person? Those things really matter. And so I think it's also about opening your mind to what that really means about giving back. It can be one day, and I promise you, you're going to be addicted and want to do it again. <laughs> but, you know, um, it, it's just that one step. And and we can say that we're going to work out, right? We're flexing our philanthropy muscles. Come on. <laughs> I'm trying to work in that, that, uh, that piece of it. Again, knowing that we can impact others through what we do. And everybody can do something. You know, no matter how small. There was an organization I, I interviewed a while back called the Volunteer Center, and they said it was so important for us to have a list of various things that people can do, things that people could you could take an hour a month or an hour a, a day or a week um, because not everybody has that same amount of time. Not everybody wants to do that. And again, we want to make things sustainable, right? We want to we want to make it so that people will want to do it again. And so if you have a Hispanic leader that has some wisdom in a particular area, bring him on in and have him mentor a class and and boom, you know, he's made an impact in in someone's lives, in someone's life. So I think it's it's crucial that like you said, keep our minds open to opportunities for ways that we can make a difference. Yeah, we talk at Meta House to our clients about small wins, right? It doesn't have to be, you don't have to change your life today, but, you know, doing those small things that make incremental changes can make such a big difference when when they snowball. And so I think that goes exactly to what Francesca was talking about. It doesn't have to be a year-long commitment to make a difference or to make that impact. If you find one thing, an hour of mentoring, um, making bag lunches for an organization like Made a House, or you know, helping identify something within your company um, where you could tap into volunteer resources. Um, all of those things snowball, and it really does. My, my son calls it bucket filling. Mm. You got to fill your bucket by filling other people's buckets, Absolutely. and, uh, and Absolutely. it really does have a collective effect. And and you don't know, you may never know what impact maybe that one hour a month has. There was a, a show that I saw a long time ago uh, that talked about, it, it followed an individual uh, through his life, and he came to the doors of heaven, and he was talking with, I don't know, St. Peter or whoever it was he was talking to, um, and they were saying, you know, what have you done to make a difference down on earth? And he's saying, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if I really made a difference or how much of an impact I had. And then they went through all these individuals that had an interaction with him, good or bad, and they talked about what an impact he made. And it just, it was such a wonderful um, support of the discussion we have that everybody can do something, big or small. You don't know how it's going to impact someone. You don't know... Uh, who's listening on the other side of this interview. Again, being on demand, anybody can listen anywhere around the world. And we could have some impact across the pond that we're not aware of. And we don't have to be aware of it. You know, we're just called to make a difference somehow. And 
you know, whatever happens, happens, right? So a lot of ways that these wonderful, impactful women have shared how they make a difference in our community. Uh, we're going to take another quick break, but when we return, in an effort to sum up all these great things we talked about, each woman that we highlighted today is going to share one idea of what you, our listener, can do to make your own impact in some way. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's philanthropic community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Outreach, and I'm talking with Valerie Vidal, Peggy Williams-Smith, and Francesca Micah Wegner. All right, ladies. So, gosh, so much great information that we shared today. Let's let's see if we can sum it all up uh, and have each of you talk about uh, one idea for how our listening audience can make their mark in the community in terms of give back and or philanthropic measures. So for those of you listening, grab your pen and paper so you could take some notes here because we're going to wrap up some pretty good stuff. So Val, why don't, why don't you start us out? What's your one idea here? Sure. Thank you. So my call to action for anyone listening is to think about how you can make a connection. And that does not necessarily mean a professional connection or even a philanthropic connection, although those are great too. Um, what I would say is that a lot of people are struggling. A lot of people are still struggling coming out of the pandemic, but a lot of people are still just feeling very isolated and alone coming out of the last two years. And so lending a hand or offering to listen to somebody, reaching out, writing that handwritten note that you've been thinking about, picking up the phone and calling that neighbor, offering to drop off groceries, you know, really any small thing to make that personal connection, that human connection with another person. As Jill was saying, you might not ever know the impact that it's had, um, but I'd like to just share one one personal story. Uh, I've got lots of professional examples, but I'll, I'll use a personal story. So recently, I reached out to another mom. Um, I've got two young kids, and I know uh, a woman who also has a, a young daughter. And I had anecdotally heard that she was really struggling, that her daughter was struggling, that she was struggling. And so I just reached out to her um, to, to just talk about, um, you know, hey, maybe we could get our kids together to play. And she instantly started crying and she, she you know, was, was talking about how overwhelmed she was feeling and how the timing of my just asking the question mm -hmm. really just changed the trajectory of her week. And I'm not patting myself on the back. I use it as an example to say, gosh, you just never know what somebody else is going through. Absolutely. And just asking the question of how are you doing? Mm -hmm. How are you? Is there something I could do for you today yeah. can really just make a difference. So make a connection and it can be small or big um, and I think that everyone everyone can do that no matter what your means no matter if it fits you know if it fits into your day you know we can all just check into some check in with somebody in our lives absolutely and you know I'm a hugger and so this whole pandemic thing has thrown me into a tizzy <laughs> you know because I I just buy nature when I see somebody I just I just want to hug him and hug them and you know people will, <laughs> maybe take a step back and, and I have to be 
uh, respectful of that and understand that, hey, this person might not want to be a hugger, you know. So when you talk about making a connection, that really resonates with me. But again, it doesn't have to be a physical connection, which is awesome. You think about that one question of how are you doing? And you know what? Really mean it when you ask the question. Um, it's not like, you know, walking by, hey, how you doing? Fine. Or, you know, if someone says, okay, you know, maybe stop and say, well, why is it okay? Why is it not a great day? Or, you know, let them feel um, as though they've been seen. You know, really ask Ask them how they're doing, like you said. And, and I don't think it's patting yourself on the back. Again, we're, we're, as I said earlier, we are a conduit that is being used to reach other people. And however we can do that, however we can make that connection, is so important. So I agree with you 100%. Thank you for that, uh, that little tidbit. All right, Francesca, um, what would you say is that, is that one thing? Well, I'll piggyback on Val a little bit. Um, and, you know, I'm, I was just looking out the window and I see all these enormous trees outside. And, and I think the, the analogy I'd like to use as I talk about my one thing is that those trees started with a seed right? So they started with something really, really small, and they've grown into something really large and beautiful and fruitful in many ways, right? Um, So my one call to action would really be to just do something. Because the one way you can ensure that nothing will get done is by doing nothing. (laughs) Um, So if you can do something, one thing, but really think about Something that's powerful to you, meaningful to you, uses your gifts. I love that quote that talks about kind of standing before God at the end of your life and saying, I've used everything you've given me. What a waste to not use your gifts and talents to um, make change in your community. So do the one thing, you know, and and from a, a, a perspective of this Uh, I guess, climate we're living in right now, right? A lot of momentum and discussions around racial equity and ethnic equity. Um, You know, educate yourself. That's one step that you can take that's within your control and your power. And then see what the next step is. See what's meaningful to you, powerful for you. And I can guarantee that that is going to make an impact and a ripple effect and change someone's life in a way that you might never know. Um, But hopefully you get to see and witness. Absolutely. And I like what you said about just take the step because, unfortunately, I think sometimes people are immobilized, right? They're just afraid to take that first step. What if that step is the wrong direction? What if it's a mistake? But what if it's not? You know, what if that small step that you take has huge impact? How can you not take that step? And just taking that step in faith that, okay, maybe it is the wrong thing, but it's better than just sitting there, like you said. I mean, you can't, the worst thing is to just not do anything. So take that step, do something, however big, however small, do something. Great advice. Thank you, Francesca. All right, Peggy, what, uh, what, is, what is your uh, little tidbit of information for our listening audience? Well, I think it's along the same theme that we've heard from both Val and Francesca. You know, just taking that first step towards anything. A story I have is I, I've raised my niece um, since she was 12 years old, and she looked for her own ways to give back. And in when she was still in high school, there was a respite day where they could go and they could take care of kids whose parents would normally have to be with them 24-7 to give them time to be with their other kids, do what they needed to do. And Jocelyn did that, and it has turned into a career for her right now. Um, uh, She is 
working for a, a group called College Nannies and and something else, Tutors, where she works with kids and gives respite to parents for kids who normally need to be um, supervised 24 hours. So it gives the parents some time away. And I think that of just that one time that she volunteered turned into something that she's going to turn into a career for her. Um, and look, Everywhere around you, there are opportunities to volunteer. I'm going to put a plug in. I am on the board of American Red Cross. We are facing a critical blood shortage right now because of the pandemic, because people being sick and not being able to get to their appointments, and the typical demographic for someone who gives blood is afraid to be out right now. That's something you can do. It takes an hour. It's an hour. It's once. You know, it's not something that needs to be ongoing. Like Francesca said, contagious is, I mean, giving is contagious. So I think once you start, you won't stop. Mm -hmm. But it, it can be the smallest thing, like Francesca said, about the tree that grows into something. Mm. Just do something. And that's, uh, I do love that analogy about the seed because, you know, we, we talk about the fact that we can't talk about everything in the one hour that we have on this show, right? But all we're trying to do is plant that little mustard seed and hopefully you listeners will grab onto that and and do something. You'll you'll check out these organizations. You'll find a way that you yourself can make a difference in some way. I want to thank you ladies for participating in the interview today and sharing your ideas. Valerie Vidal from Meta House, Francesca Micah Wegner from Hispanic Professionals of Greater Milwaukee, and Peggy Williams-Smith from Visit Milwaukee. Boy, you get some impact women in a room talking about some great ideas and, and look out, right? Um, great ways to make a difference are sure to be the result. So thank you again for participating. If you'd like further information about what we talked about today or if you'd like to be considered as a guest on the show, you can email me at jill at ellenbecker.com or you can call our office at 262-691-3200. So join us next Sunday morning at 10 to learn more about the ways people and organizations are contributing to making our community a better place in all aspects. You can tune in to News Talk 1130 on your radio, or you can go to Newstalk1130.com on your computer, or you can listen on your cell phone via the iHeartRadio app. I encourage everyone to visit our website at ellenbecker.com to listen to previously aired shows, or you can listen on demand on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or Apple Podcast. So again, if you have an internet connection, you can listen to the show. I want to challenge you today to think about the impact you have to make this year and beyond. My idea for how you can be an impact player in your circle of influence and beyond is to take time to make yourself the best you that you can be so that you then have the best to give to others. You can do this by surrounding yourself with people who encourage and lift you up. You can do this by educating yourself in areas of importance to you all of things that have been talked about today. And then you can be willing to get out there and let your voice be heard so that you can make a difference. I belong to a number of organizations that build me up and help me be the best that I can be, and one of them is the Fellowship of Extraordinary Women, or FEW. It's a, it's a group of like-minded, faith-based women who support, encourage, and lift each other up. And you know what's so wonderful is that there's no competition, there's no judgment, no one-upping that you might find out in corporate America, unfortunately, uh, sometimes with other women, right? Instead, it's a place to learn. It's a place to grow and be filled up, and then you go out and you make a difference. Another group I belong to is C-Suite for Christ. Here again, 
it's another organization that at its core, it wants to make its members the best that they can be so that they can give the best they can to others. I lead a Bible study at EIG, and I also attend a weekly Bible study because it helps ground me, and it helps me understand that I am a conduit used to make this place we live a better place for others. So whatever it is that's important to you, find a way to be a blessing and then go out and give a blessing. Have a wonderful afternoon, everyone.